0: You believe in Jesus? Yes, sir. Well, you're going to meet him.
1: Welcome everyone to my bleeding ears. This is episode number seventy-four. My co-host today is Jesslyn. Hello. As always, she's always here. Almost always here. You only missed a few of these, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I think you've been in pretty much every episode except about like five or six of them. Yeah. Which, hey, that's about like seventy episodes, though.
2: I wasn't a co-host for.
1: Well, I mean, you were on the show. Yes. Yes.
2: Before I officially became your co-host. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Long time coming.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Season
1: three coming up in July. Uh, That'll be our third year. Mm -hmm. We're starting our our third year. We've been doing this for almost three, so yeah. It'll be a third season and a lot to talk about today.
2: Yes, we we do. do. Uh,
1: We have a really quick Avengers uh, Endgame review.
2: No spoilers. No spoilers.
1: Uh, I thought it was really good. Way better than Infinity War. You?
2: Agreed. Um, I don't know if I'd say way better. The tone's a little bit different, because it has to be, but, right. yeah, no, yeah. good.
1: Right, good. End of Avengers. <laughs> Go see Avengers. Go see it.
2: It doesn't need any help from you, yeah. but. Seriously. <laughs> I'm
1: sure every other person is talking about this <laughs> fucking movie. All right. <laughs> now, we finally got to see a remake that I really wanted to see and couldn't wait to, to pick it apart and possibly not like it, but I was going to give it a chance, and I did, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely, nah, absolutely loved, loved it. Absolutely loved this movie. Mm. And it is the remake of Suspiria.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it is a bit different from the original, which you just saw for the first time, actually, yeah, uh, a few it days ago.
2: got past me, and finally I watched the remake and thought, well, it's stupid that I haven't seen the original, <laughs> which was incredibly hard to find, streaming-wise.
1: Was it on just Tubi or Tubi something? Like? that? <laughs> I,
2: I was willing to buy it, and you right. can't buy it anywhere. Really?
1: Yeah. wow. I mean, I have it on like tape, yeah, two different tapes actually. What <laughs> am
2: I supposed to do with that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a VCR. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, this one was um, the remake was so much better. It's it is very long. It's a two and a half hour yes. movie, but uh, it's very atmospheric, and uh, you really feel like you're watching this tension unfold and not a lot is really happening but it the the tone is set in just how two actors are, are responding off of each other and that would be uh, tilda swinton and dakota johnson mm-hmm. like i've never seen the those fucking dakota johnson movies those what were well, the, the 50 shades, Fifty of, gray shades of gray i've never seen her
2: in anything i don't think. really yeah. yeah
1: and she was really good in this um and playing off against tilda swinton i'm sure is you know, could be pretty tough unless intimidating. you know, and intimidating. <laughs> which she does play three or four different characters in this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, she did a really good job, and just the tension that they build within the, each other, and um, it really makes this movie, you know, uh, kind of scary, and, and you just don't know what's going to happen. And you've seen, I've seen the original, and there's so much more that happens in this movie than yeah. it does in the original. You thought it was kind of boring, the original, right?
2: Yeah, so when I got done watching it and you asked me what I thought, I said, Tubi must have cut it. Because mm. if it's not cut, then this movie is incredibly boring and overrated. <laughs>
0: My unpopular
2: opinion about Suspiria. <laughs> oh, it's not
1: that unpopular. Okay. There's This new one is... It, it, it's not for every person. It's no. not for every audience. And it's... Uh, it's really it's kind of hard to explain in, in a way, but it, it, there's a lot of non-talking in this movie, and it's it's just a lot of, of setting, and it looks great. I mean, this movie oh, looks beautiful. great, and yeah. uh, I don't even have to say it looks better than the original, and the story is so much better than the original, too, and there's so much more in this, and I believe this movie is, is based off a book, which okay. I don't know, so there's a lot different and then there's a lot the same but they just built up on it and the guy who did it uh luca something or other luca brazzi right
2: (laughs) guadagnino yes yeah yeah that guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) he uh i think he did an awesome job with this movie and yeah it's not gonna it's not everyone's cup of tea
2: is luca he or is it a she
1: it's a he okay it's a he um yeah, this movie isn't for everyone. If you're a person who just is going to see this movie because you want to see just a horror movie and you think you're going to see blood and guts and everything, yeah, you're going to see that, but you're, it's going to be mixed in with a lot of other things. And yeah. a lot of people might be bored by this movie, but I was intrigued from finish to end.
2: Me too. I, like, my butt was clenched through the whole thing. <laughs> I never relaxed, even in the slow burn, yeah.
1: And that contortionist scene... um, it was great. Wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an awesome scary scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen, I, you know, it was actually kind of ruined for me because I had seen still shots from that scene.
2: Oh, I hadn't. Okay, yeah, of
1: her face getting smushed into the glass, and yeah, I've, I saw that, and I'd read in some other like end of the year top ten lists or top ten deaths or whatever, and that was one of them, and it was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was awesome.
2: The other thing that I want to know when I watched uh, the original Suspiria, I was surprised to see men because there are mm-hmm. no men mm-hmm. at all.
1: Very few in this
2: movie. No, the the only men are played by Tilda Swinton. Oh,
1: well no, the cops also in Oh, uh, the
2: cops, you're right, I forgot.
1: They are the they do play Bye. It's their part isn't really important, but it is integral to the story because you're right. when the when the uh, one of the girl's psychiatrist calls the police to go check out this school because she's missing and he's worried about her, He's he cop- being
2: Tilda Swinton, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he tells them to. Uh, he asks the cops to go check it out. They go check it out, and there's a scene where like the the police officers are kind of like in this back room. It looks like a pantry even. And one of them's standing there with, like, no bottoms, and his dick's just hanging out.
0: Yeah. And,
1: like, the uh, the witch is kind of just, they're laughing at him and yeah. pointing at his dick, and they're just standing up you know, straight, like, and they're, like, no emotion or anything. In a
2: trance or yeah. something. So yeah, so they, they,
1: they put these policemen in a trance, and they fucked with them. <laughs> I forgot, awesome. not
2: only are there two men, there's also a dick.
1: Yeah, there's a few dicks. There's, like, two dicks in this movie. Might not be a real dick, but, hey, it looked real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this movie was awesome. I I want to see it again in the next I don't know, few weeks would be awesome, but Yeah,
2: I didn't even mind the length. I'll watch yeah. it again with you. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was
1: can't wait to see it again. Check and- it out if if you like horror and you like a little something extra and you want to go deeper and you don't need everything explained for you. Uh I didn't necessarily need thing needed things explained for me in this movie. I just needed like, I went after a few days after I saw the movie. I went to YouTube and I looked at uh, like a video on it. And it, it just reaffirmed everything that I had in my head about the movie. And mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, this is what I was like, all right, cool. This, this makes perfect sense to me now. Um, yeah, this movie is a
0: definite A for me.
2: Yeah, it's an I mean. A minus. <laughs> it's two and a half hours long. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, and I mm-hmm. want to add that just like Kristen Stewart turned out to be more than Twilight, Dakota Johnson is a lot more than Fifty Shades of Grey. I was right. impressed with her, yeah.
1: Same here, same here, and it was good to see some, some, uh, these female actors just not be cast in a role where they're a uh, damsel in distress or superhero or something. Mm-hmm. So you have like Chloe Grace Moretz in here, you have... Um,
2: Mia Goth.
1: Yeah, Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. Uh, her too, she did a really good job yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, then just a bunch of other <laughs> people I can't even pronounce their names, yeah. Whose <laughs> name I can't, remember. And
2: Swinton, obviously, uh, yes. yeah.
1: So, yeah, def- This is a definite check out for me. Uh, check it out on Amazon now. It's they're calling it an Amazon original, so it was like four bucks, five bucks, six bucks, yeah. something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's worth it. So, uh, unfortunately, this movie wasn't released all that well in the theaters. You
2: no, know, what theaters? I mean, very select theaters, yes, it right? was, yeah. and
1: then kind of just uh, dumped online a few months afterward but this is a definite plus if you like horror if you're really into horror movies and if you're not just if you're not just a person who's like I want horror give me horror I don't care what it is Yeah. because uh, I actually had a conversation about this with someone and um, this person really loves Halloween and the movie franchise Halloween Mm -hmm. and I I was and even Child's Play and I was like name me the last great Child's Play movie and they were like, uh, Child's Play 2. And I was like, how long ago was that movie? 20, uh, 30 years ago?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you think that was a great movie? Totally. Uh,
2: okay. I've seen it times.
1: <laughs> Or the last great Halloween movie. Or sure. the last great any of these movies that are in these big series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they're not making good movies anymore for these series. Except, you know, Halloween, they got rid of all the right. crap. And then they did a really good movie. So, yeah, this, this is... Just part of me saying, like, stop remaking good movies or or sequelizing all these good movies. Remake the ones that are, aren't very good or that have been, you know, passed over or that are foreign or something. Yeah. Redo these movies
2: that need to be updated and right. have a new to- like story to tell.
1: Right, exactly. Just something I want to
2: get into with another thing we're going to talk about. But yeah, yes, yeah, later on, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: In our movie of the week, there's something I have to add to that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on from there. Um, This next movie that we saw is a Netflix original. It is called Polar. Yes. And it's with my boy Mads Mikkelsen.
2: Mads was in it, so I knew we were going to watch this eventually. (laughs) Yeah, it
1: was funny because we were just like, it was a Friday. We're like sitting in our our new lounge, like recliner chairs.
2: We live there now.
1: And and Justin was like, what do you want to watch? And I'm like, oh, I heard this movie Polar was pretty cool. And he just turned it right on. I'm like, all right, let's get through this. All right, I'm I'm in. And it starts off in a way I don't like. <laughs> but it sets a tone for a reason. Yeah. So I have to give it that. You know, It's one of those movies where it starts off and it starts naming all these people for you and playing music and... They'll they'll freeze frame on something and someone's name will pop up and just uh, introducing you to all these people.
2: It is based on a graphic novel. So now that I know that, I can understand why that's how they would open it. Yeah.
1: Well, shit. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Well, I didn't either. (laughs) Based on the dark horse graphic novel, Polar, came from the cold. All right. Well,
1: shit. There we go. I got to read up on that then.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, yeah, like I was saying, it sets a tone. Um... That it's not to be taken too seriously. And it totally doubles down on that when uh, Mads Mickelson, who is a hitman, or is a, a hitman who's about to retire pretty soon,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is not knowing what to do with his life. And he passes by like this homeless girl on the street and she says, uh, you want to buy this dog? And he's like, what do I want a dog for? And he ends up buying the dog <laughs> and it reminds you kind of like of John Wick. Right. And they're yeah. you're setting this John Wick tone mm-hmm. up for you yet. You know, he takes the dog home and he's sitting in his, his couch or his lounge chair. Uh, and he lives in like D- one of the Dakotas in the forest, like away from civilization And you know he's he's taking a nap, and then you know he's having these flashbacks and dreams, and he actually then he wakes up and shoots the dog, so the dog is dead for the rest Mm -hmm. of the movie, and that just once again sets the tone like this is going to be a little different. We're going to just go crazy with this, and then we introduced you to all these crazy characters. So why don't you just sit back, relax, and watch this movie? Yeah, and I thought it was pretty good, man. It was I was interested, and I I was enthralled by the the whole time I was watching it. And there's a cool twist in the movie, and I didn't. I mean, it slipped by me. I didn't expect it, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I had a good time watching it. I love Mads Mickelson, man. Yeah, I love Timson's King Arthur.
2: I was engaged <laughs> the whole time, and I thought this was going to be something that I wouldn't pay much attention to or care about. Right, yeah. <laughs> and did. I did, yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, the the, the title is kind of boring. It's called Polar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That can mean many things. And I was afraid it was going to be a lot like that one movie was that uh, we went with your parents to see.
2: Cold Pursuit? Cold Pursuit. Yeah.
1: Um, no. No. It's not, <laughs> it's not like that.
2: Not at all. Um, yeah.
1: But yeah, there's some other great actors in this. There's Catherine Winnick, who is from that show Vikings, and she's actually the person I wanted to play Captain Marvel back oh, three or four okay. years ago, because uh, her name was actually thrown around for a while. Mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, and she'd be awesome, and then I didn't see her for a while, and then she showed up in this movie, I'm like, oh, wow. and Yeah, well, she's one of my new girlfriends now. Oh, okay. okay. <coughs> Along with, um, what's her name?
2: Vanessa Hudgens. Not her, no. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> Disney kids are not to be underestimated, because <laughs> I just saw her in Rent, which was not an incredible po- production, but she is incredible in it. And I thought oh. she was great in this. But sorry, who were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was going to say one of my new girlfriends, too, is Ruby Ophie. I had no idea who she was, but now she's one of my girlfriends.
2: <laughs> okay. I don't even remember what part she has. She was like the... Uh, yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hooker hit, man. She's not a
1: hooker. She's just like the role she plays. She's the yeah.
2: honeypot. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, check out Polar if you have Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty good movie if you like those kind of movies. Lots of gunfights, lots of violence, lots of... It's Mads uh,
2: Mickelson. Mads
1: Mickelson, <laughs> yeah. right. And uh, what's-his-face shows up in this movie. He plays, like, the boss. What's that dude's name? Um, he's, like, a uh, like a famous English or British, like, comedian guy. Wasn't he on, like, Little Britain or something like that?
2: Oh, God, yeah, the guy from like the Bridesmaids. Guy, yeah, you know? I forget that guy's name. Yeah.
1: But yeah, he's pretty funny in it, too. He is. I was like,
2: what is this guy doing in this movie? Yeah.
1: <laughs> now let's get to something stupid. <laughs> Not in a good way, either.
2: Ugh.
1: Now, I first saw this movie on my birthday.
2: In the theaters?
1: In the theaters when it came out, and I got out of work, saw in the theaters, my birthday. I really, you know, I was actually living in Las Vegas at the time. I didn't really have any friends. So, I was like, I'm gonna go see a movie, and in the movie theater, there was also a casino. So, after I went and saw this movie, which is Blade Trinity, by the way,
2: <laughs> disappointed. <clears throat> is an understatement? Yes. <laughs>
1: disappointed with this movie. I was like, fuck this. I went out, I was like, all right, I'm gonna gamble a little bit. Didn't win a gambling <laughs> on my birthday. Then I'm all pissed off. I'm like, I'm leaving the casino, I'm going home. And then I, I get to my car, I turn on the radio, I'm driving home, and I hear that the guitarist, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera, was shot and killed.
2: Wow.
1: On stage that day. I
2: mean, I knew that happened, but that yeah,
1: day. It sucked, man. That was a whole suck day, man.
2: And it started with Blade fucking Trinity. Yeah, I know.
1: Ugh. So let's get <laughs> into Blade Trinity here, okay? Ugh. You know, Guillermo del Toro <laughs> made the second one so
0: good. I
2: mean, he set the tone that this movie did not live and, up to. Right. Were there there were production issues. I feel like Patton Oswalt does a whole right, bit yeah. about it. Where Wesley Snipes wouldn't even speak to David Goyer.
1: Yeah, the which, director, right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this Probably movie Probably because
2: he knew this movie was shit. Yeah,
1: he's... He, Needed to pay off his taxes, so that's probably (laughs) why he got the fucking roll.
2: Was that happening in 2004? It might have been, yeah. (laughs) So
1: I gotta do this, paycheck time. But yeah this one isn't very good and Ryan Reynolds isn't even good in this movie he's
2: so unlikable I hated him immediately and that actually got worse as the
1: movie <laughs> the we like him in Deadpool but yeah in this one he's
2: bad no he's the worst he is no Deadpool Deadpool is at least progressive and kind of pansexual Ryan Reynolds is not that in Blade Trinity <laughs> uh, Jessica Biel's good she didn't do anything wrong
1: no I mean she doesn't have very many lines yeah. but yeah she's fine she, she <laughs>
2: Parker Posey also, like, how dare you? Not not Parker Posey, but how dare you cast Parker Posey in a movie like this? How
1: dare you? I mean, she was actually okay in this she movie. Did the <laughs> best
2: she could with the material she had. She did her damnedest.
1: Then there's the, where's the, the uh, Daniel Craig kind of wannabe guy. He looks like Daniel Craig, but he's like the brother of... Uh, Parker Posey and Triple H, who's in this movie too. Oh, I
2: don't know. Asher Talos? I don't know. I don't know.
1: But he was like their brother. Yeah, he, Asher he, Talos. He, he looked like a, a low. Not,
2: no, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, so Callum Keith Rennie was his name, I
0: guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, anyways,
1: he, he's the low rent Daniel Craig. But, I mean, he's actually kind of better looking than Daniel Craig. <laughs> but they both look very similar. And, of course, this is a movie that came out in 2000. Or, or yeah, I think two thousand four, and Daniel Craig wasn't big then. No, no, he was. I I think the role I most recognize him from from around that time might have been the jacket,
2: and oh, he looked okay. like
1: fucking shit in that movie. I
2: think Road to Perdition is the first time that I ever noticed oh, him. Oh yeah. yeah, but
1: I didn't notice him until I watched that movie with you. Oh okay. Because otherwise, I was I didn't know who he was. Right. But now he's Bond.
2: Yeah, we're getting off track. This movie sucks. It's available on Amazon Prime if you want to check it out, but you'll agree with us. Yeah, if you want to rip this
1: movie (laughs) apart, which I I really want to, but I don't have enough time in the day to go rip apart Blade Trinity. It's
2: not worth it. I don't even want to talk about it ever again.
1: (laughs) No more Blade Trinity. (laughs) Something better, I hope. Uh, You have a little mini-review of the, the newest Twilight Zone uh, episode that well, you've seen. Well,
2: the third episode of 4 that have been right. released. So I watched the third episode of the Twilight Zone. Now last week I said that I wished the Twilight Zone was telling original stories. Mm-hmm. And right after I right after that podcast, we watched some I forget what even the YouTube was. It was a review of some movie. I don't even remember what. Mm-hmm. But he said It was a movie that I enjoyed, so I'm mad that I can't remember what it was. But he said, and this movie was based on an old Greek play. And I started to think the movie that I enjoyed was actually a better story than the Greek play was, at least mm-hmm. as far as I was concerned. And then I started to think about the Twilight Zone, like, okay, it's not necessarily an original story, but was there a new story to tell within that story? Right, you know, yeah. was it a better story, an updated right. story? And the answer is unequivocally yes. These stories are better. They yes. needed an update, they got an update, especially with this episode three. I don't remember what it's based on. You think it might be based on the Shatner Diner one?
1: Maybe, I don't know, But yeah.
2: it's, yeah, Sonolathon has to get her son to college in this rural, butt nowhere town. Monmouth? Shut up. <laughs> we'll never call it that. <laughs> never. How dare you? Um, and a cop keeps pulling them over and ultimately almost killing her son. But what she can do is she's got this old camcorder and keeps rewinding to the diner and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how it rewinds everybody. It doesn't just right. re- rewind the tape. Trying to figure out how she can get her son to college without this cop killing him. Mm-hmm. That's a new story. Right, And in my yeah. opinion, a much better story than whatever that diner story was. Okay, it might have yeah. been
1: different. I'm not sure. Because the, the only diner... I can think of two different diner uh, Twilight Zone episodes. One is the Shatner one, one is the other one where uh, uh, it's like seven people stranded at like a, a diner and one of them is an alien. I
2: thought that was an Outer Limits episode. No, no, it's oh, Twilight okay. Zone.
1: It's my favorite Twilight Zone episode, oh, actually. Oh, okay. That one in uh, Martians Are Due on Maple Street, I believe that's the name of it. That's a really good one, too. Well, They th- should redo that one. That would be awesome. The
2: Traveler is the next one, and I just started that one, and it takes place at Christmas in a diner, where Steven Yoon <gasps> is just sitting in a... No, it's not a diner. I'm sorry. It's a... No, they're at a diner. I just started it. I don't <laughs> okay, but Stephen Yoon is just there in this old timey clothing, and they're like, uh-huh. "Who are you?" And I haven't watched it. Okay, anymore. it might. I'm so not, it might
1: be that one. It, might, it doesn't sound like it because this one, like, this bus is on this icy road, and it's like the the bus driver pulls off because there was an accident on this bridge, and they didn't want to cross this oh, bridge. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't know what happened, but there were like eight people or seven people on this bus, but there were eight people who went into this diner. And, and they're trying to figure out who like which one wasn't on the bus because one of the guys is like yeah. I remember you I remember you I don't remember you and I
2: remember that one. Now. Then the
1: reveal at the end is awesome because it's like a cool double reveal.
2: Okay, so well that's then yeah, it. the traveler isn't that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a new one. Maybe this is an original one too. But even if it isn't, I guarantee you this was a better story. Okay. This needed an update. It got it, and I'm fully into the Twilight Zone now. Oh good yeah, show watch it. I completely walked back what I said last week good that. look at you yeah. you can
1: admit you're wrong i
2: can i was and I watch the twilight zone yeah
1: Wrong. Oh.
0: <laughs> you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal
1: Our movie of the week is the 1996 film Last Man Standing. Last Man (laughs) Standing. Last Man Standing by Walter Hill. Uh, This is a remake of Yojimbo, which was a film by uh, Akira Kurosawa. This is actually an official remake of Yojimbo. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Akira Kurosawa. Really wanted to see like a, a remake of this movie, so uh, the script got passed around, and finally Walter Hill decided to do it. But they ended up going in a, a direction that isn't like a samurai movie or a western, which was also uh, there's an unofficial uh, remake of this movie also, which was called uh, Fistful of Dollars with Clint Eastwood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it never it took years to come out because there's a legal battle because it was you know uh, it wasn't an official. Uh, remake, it was stole from them, you know, so it was in court for years until finally it was settled out of court and then they can release the movie and Clint Eastwood could be a even bigger star. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I first saw this movie <clears throat> right when it came out back in uh, 1996 and I was yoked up to see this one because it was like, okay, Walter Hill, I like some of his movies. <clears throat> what other
2: I, movies has he done?
1: Uh The Warriors. Mm-hmm. He did the 48 Hours movies. <clears throat> he did Trespass. So I was like, okay. And then I saw the previews for this movie, and it was uh, the action and gunfighting was very akin to John Woo movies. So I was
2: mm-hmm. like... I agree with that. I was like, all right,
1: this is going to be awesome. And um, I was, what, 16 years old when I saw this, and I wasn't appreciating film as much as I do now. It was... I, I love movies back then, but it was more of the, the thrill than just the, the love. So, um... I kind of wrote this movie off after its first viewing. I, I was like, oh, you know, um, the Bruce Willis character is very monotone in it. He's not, like, the hero, not really a hero in this film. And kind of let down by that. And then there, there's some of the action going on in here. I was like, well, this is kind of silly, <clears throat> which I'll get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. So uh, it took a couple more viewings to really understand what the filmmakers are trying to, to put in this movie and the, the feeling of it. Um, they wanted to make a difference. So, um, this movie is, uh, if you don't know Jimbo, it's, uh, uh, about this character, of uh, this, uh, mercenary, uh, uh, not a ronin, which was in samurai times, a ronin was like, uh, um, um, actually a samurai w- had a master and like, a, a ronin didn't have a master, but they okay. were both swordsmen. <laughs> so, um whatchamacallit uh so in this remake instead of it being in japan or in uh, the old west like a full of dollars this one takes place in prohibition era west mm-hmm. but it's not with cowboys and stuff it's with mobsters uh italian and uh, irish mobsters from chicago have taken over this town in i, I believe it's new mexico because the the character of uh, Bruce Willis who he says his name is John Smith which mm-hmm. we all know that's a lie <laughs> he's driving through town he needs to he'd make a little money he needs to hide out for a while so that gives you right away that he's not necessarily a good person he's not a hero he's actually on the run kind of maybe yeah we don't mm-hmm. know for sure so when he pulls into town he is greeted by uh, this Irish gang uh, and it's led by the the actor from uh, I've seen him in millions of things from Commando, he plays Sully, and he's like, remember that scene? Right, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Remember I told you to kill you last? <laughs> yeah, right, Matrix! Yeah. Uh, the Crow, he plays one of the guys, he plays uh, T-Bird, <laughs> if you remember him, and uh, <laughs> uh, and The Warriors, actually, was another film that he was in, too. Uh, his gang confronts the John Smith's character, he drives the town, and he looks over and he sees, like, a beautiful woman, uh, and Irish guys don't really like that and they bust up his car and while he's doing that the sheriff who's Bruce Dern sees him doing this and kind of like shaking his head like oh boy here we go so uh, John Smith goes to speak to the sheriff Bruce Dern and he's like I saw what happened I'm not doing anything about it right So that pretty much tells you this is a lawless town and anything goes
2: what the hell is he going to do about it yeah
1: right (laughs) so I love this I love how they got all these different characters from these different uh, genres of movies and, and put them here in this dusty, dirty town um, totally out of their element and totally trying to still be the tough guy, bad guy even though there's barely anyone around. And I, and I like how this isn't a western anymore and this isn't just a, a remake of A Fistful of Dollars where a man comes into town or a Clint Eastwood kind of character and just blows away everyone. This mm-hmm. one is different and when uh, our John Smith character is told by the sheriff that hey you know I'm not going to do anything he goes and he confronts the Irish guy who busted his shit in and they get into a gunfight, and he shoots the um, the guy who busted up his stuff and it's actually played by Patrick Kilpatrick he was in the class of 1999 movie that we Mm -hmm. reviewed not too long ago he was one of the teachers blows him away both guns and just blasts him and he Flies across the street. <laughs> the street. boom, boom, boom. I mean, you could almost <clears throat> you can almost see the wire pulling the dude. <laughs> and, and, and when I first saw that, I was like, "Wow, this is silly." And even <laughs> even like, I remember um, interviews with uh, uh, not interviews, but there were critics talking about this, and they thought, "Wow, this is really silly," you know. And they, and it really t- had to sink in for me that of course it's silly because. John Smith, Bruce Willis is narrating this whole movie Bruce Willis is in every single scene of this movie he is your narrator, he is telling you everything that is going on, be it true or be it false, but everything is going to be displayed on screen when you blow someone away, he blew someone the fuck away, Mm -hmm. and he's putting an accent on that, telling you, hey this is going to be a crazy story and I hope you like it
2: this is my story right
1: So, from there, um, um, the Italian side hears about what Bruce Willis did and uh, how he blew one of the Irish guys away. And they hire him for a lot of money because he likes him. And that's when we get to introduce to your favorite character, is Michael Imperioli.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: He's one of the Italian uh, bosses. He's actually... I believe the brother or son of one of the bosses in Chicago, and he was sent over into New Mexico to check on the mob boss out there to make sure he's doing a good job. But, yeah, uh, you didn't like him because he screams throughout the whole film. You guys,
2: is Michael Imperioli always shouting, and I just (laughs) didn't notice until this movie? Mm. Now I feel like I need to watch more movies to see if I just hate him or if Uh -uh. this was just a choice he made that I did not like.
1: I think, uh, I don't think he's very loud in Dead Presidents. I think he's in that movie. Okay. <clears throat> he might be in that. Yeah, I think he is in that movie. What yeah, he's pretty quiet in that
2: shouting. one. shouting. <laughs> always. I mean, he was always at like 11 the whole time. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, um, he joins them in this town. And the town is called Jericho. Yes. Which, I mean, why not? The
2: walls come <clears throat> tumbling down. <laughs> Break the walls down.
1: <clears throat> so then, um, and this is Prohibition time, too, so these two um, these two gangs are bootleggers for the most part, and they end up knocking each other off. But they have come to a truce at this point in time. Right. But Bruce Willis came in, blows this dude away, and then he joins the Italians, so that's going to start some more conflict. But seeing as he's a mercenary and he's here to make money, he you know works for the Italians for a while, and he starts setting up to where he can also work with the Italians and work both sides to make extra money mm-hmm. and to... Get out of town as fast as he could. So he is orchestrating this whole movie. He's playing people against each other. He is not a good person <clears throat> at all. But nope. And he is not a hero in this movie. Like, he, I'll say it again.
2: He does some good things, sure. I'll acknowledge. But mm-hmm. you're right.
1: But after doing bad things. Right. Like with the women in this movie, okay? Um, there's the one woman who is uh, with Strazi, and he's one of the Italian guys. Yeah. She, um, you know, she's she's got a mouth on her and everything. But, I mean, there's no reason to slap a woman or anything. And the John Smith character takes advantage of that. Yeah. Um, Gets, you know, gets with her and gets her to uh, share info with him. And even though she really doesn't want to. And he gets it from her a few times, too. And then at the his last interaction with her she got beaten really bad by Strazi and then after that she said to Strazi like hey, I fucked John Smith
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: he cut her ear off And but this is all orchestrated by John Smith she would have probably never been in that precise predicament at that time if not for him um, so along with there's a, a whole there's a scene where he has a, a prostitute and he's having sex with a prostitute and she totally Told on him, and this is actually like.
2: Wait a minute. <clears throat> Leslie Mann gets her ear cut off.
1: No, that's a different character.
2: Oh. and they looked exactly the same to me then. I'm
1: sorry, honey. They're completely different characters. <laughs> Go ahead and look it up right so now. So you
2: don't see Wanda again after that first scene?
1: You see her again in the jail.
2: And uh, then you don't see her again. Then after you that. don't
1: see her again. That's oh, a different woman. Oh, okay.
2: That makes me actually like uh, John Smith a little bit more.
1: Right, because um, yeah, there's the, the were he's with the Leslie Mann character. There's a really early role for her, too, and she's actually yeah. pretty funny. Huh? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Duh. What do you mean she's actually pretty funny? <laughs> Leslie goddamn Mann.
1: No, well, I'm just trying to, <laughs> in a movie like this, where there's right. very little humor in it, she's actually a funny part in it. Um, so uh, she tips off the uh, the... The Irish mafia about that, and they come and try and attack him. And that's where we get to see some Bruce Willis balls, and we get to see yeah. Dick Shadow also. We do, uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, he survives, and he she ends up going to jail, but he ends up paying for her to get out of there. You know, yeah, so.
2: because she gave him up, but what choice did she? Right, give. she
1: had yep. no choice. They're going to mm-hmm. kill her anyway. Which is interesting because there, this movie, I believe, was originally about two and a half hours long. So they cut out a whole scene of uh, Bruce Willis in this like whorehouse, because uh, we saw Lynn Shay was actually in this movie, in and she was in the credits, yeah, <laughs> and she was like the the mother or the of the the one that watched the the den mother of the the whorehouse, yeah. So yeah, that whole then I read about it and that whole scene was just cut out. And there's a bunch of different parts just just cut out from this movie, which I would love to see. Now mm-hmm. I'm really interested to I see. I if this.
2: there's a way you can see that cut.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome if there yeah. was. I'll, I'll write to Walter Hill right now. <laughs> <laughs> now this movie is also filmed like um, like a, a crime noir from like the 50s and it's even filmed and framed like a like a a gangster movie from the 50s too Mm -hmm. um there are certain scenes in it where you'll see the mob bosses in in like speaking to like another mob boss or speaking to john smith and they're framed kind of like right in the middle and yet in the background you'll always see a group of henchmen or thugs behind them and it, it just really reminds me of those old TV shows where, like, these two guys are having a conversation, like, right in the camera, yet in the background you see all this action going on mm-hmm. of this whole gang. And there's another scene, like, where it's framed. Like, these these henchmen are, are, like, an accessory in a way to the mob boss because whenever we see them, we see them framed in, like, a square, kind of like... Uh, your old tube TVs and how you know how TV was way back then, and all the way up until probably like ten years ago, until we got widescreen TVs, and now we have we're, we're expanding our pictures and our TVs to fit mm-hmm. what's happening on these TV shows. But our our thugs in every here in this movie are framed like they're on a TV show before we had widescreen. And you'll see them in the background, and in, and you'll see them like uh, definitely in the one scene where John Smith does go to uh, confront the Irish guys the first time. They're all kind of in that back office, you know, and they're just in the square, you know. Yeah. They're always in that square behind the mob boss. They're never surrounding. They're always together like this entity. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see this. This actually, you can just call them one character. So uh, I think Walter Walter Hill really loves like those fifty crime kind of movies because. It's very much like that, and yeah. especially like with the voiceover from Bruce Willis, too, even though he's very monotone, which a lot of people had a problem with this movie, too. He sounds very bored, but this is a character with really no enthusiasm or, or nothing to hold on to in life, so why is he going to sound happy, or why is he going to yeah. spread his emotions?
2: I don't think an animated Bruce Willis, even his voice, fit <laughs> yeah. in this movie at You're all. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And another movie I think this is a lot alike, too, is Dick Tracy. Okay. If you, um If you look at the the Bruce Willis character, yeah, he doesn't wear that yellow coat and yellow hat like Dick Tracy does. He's not a hero, though, either. Right. I mean, he's not a good guy. And it just kind of reminded me of that, and especially with the character of, um, uh, the uh, Hickey, who is played by Christopher Walken in this movie. Yes. I'm surprised we would mention mentioned him just yet. But uh, the character of Hickey is very like cartoonish, right? And there's this scene where where Christopher Walken goes to Mexico and he goes to kill some of the um, like uh, Mexican federales and there's like a border patrol agent there too, and he ends up killing them with a Tommy gun. But when he shoots him, it's very much like uh, like a like um what's uh like the original Scarface or uh, what's yeah. his. Not original, original Scarface. Not Tony Montana Scarface, the original Scarface. With, uh, what's his name? Ah, fuck. A really old actor, I can't remember, but... Yeah, scene kind of thing, you know, where he shoots his tiny gun off. Oh, I see what you're saying. And he's, he's spraying it back and forth, and his chin is up, like he's above everyone else just blasting everything in sight and, that and that's scene... how i
2: picture this scarface too the scarface we all know <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like that yeah a little bit
1: I can, it's it's sort of like that you know i think actually it's on netflix now so we're i'm definitely throwing it on it i'm part.
2: not watching scarface again you never even saw the whole thing you watched like the first that's hour. not true i watched the whole movie oh,
1: i don't think you did
2: getting off topic <laughs> I want to say about Christopher Walken that as as soon as I saw him it took like 15 minutes for me to realize that he wasn't the guy in charge because I'm so <laughs> used to seeing Christopher Walken be the lead mob boss. right he doesn't
1: show up until like halfway through this he movie. doesn't
2: and when I saw him I was like oh he's the guy who's really in charge because that's Christopher Walken right not true not yeah.
1: tr- James Cagney that's what I'm thinking of
2: ah uh, yes okay
1: <laughs> so um through everything you know uh, uh everything goes down like uh uh the leader of the uh, the irish guys doyle he actually the one girl that bruce willis john smith saw in the beginning is actually a woman that doyle stole and it's his property now um so pretty much women are all just property in this movie too Mm -hmm. and bruce willis actually the the john smith character helps all of them get away actually I guess that was his redemption for all the shit he does throughout the movie. So yeah. I, mean, I, I guess that makes him feel better maybe.
2: I mean and it makes me feel better too because I mm-hmm. hate an anti-hero. Right. But when he did those things I was like, "Alright, he's still a scum, but Right. Right. Was a There's, good thing that he did." Yeah.
1: Exactly. So then that's when uh Doyle's we we learn about Doyle's girlfriend or yeah. his hostage, more like it.
2: It's kind of brilliant the way he manipulates Doyle into giving him the location of Where his she is, yeah,
1: because when he's yeah. pretty much in between fighting the Irish and the Italians and they don't know just yet, he finds out where she is because the Italians before had uh, stolen her, mm-hmm. and they did a trade-off <laughs> because they stole Michael Imperioli. So they did a right. trade-off and got everyone back. Michael and,
2: Imperioli lived through that trade-off.
1: Yep, and then he had to, um, uh, hide her out in this place and Bruce Willis is like alright, uh, why don't I go over there, I'll be able to help protect her and he just goes, storms in the place and blasts everyone
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: then, you know, makes up these stories And but they finally catch on that he's not necessarily trustworthy and the Irish guys beat the piss out of him
2: yeah, um, ugh, that yeah. seems brutal it
1: is pretty brutal and he's taking a bath and he had, they totally crept up on him so um, they beat the piss out of him and uh, he ends up escaping, but the Irish guys uh, creep up on the Italian guys and eliminate all the Italian guys. Which is pretty much just part of what Bruce Willis's plan was, anyway. Him and the sheriff too, because him and the sheriff actually start working together too. Yeah, he's playing everyone.
2: Bob Kelso, who's like what a U.S. marshal. He's or a something? ranger. Yeah. He's a
1: U.S. ranger, and he comes to this town because there's a lot of people dying. Oh no, actually, he comes to because um, one of the the that border patrol agent was killed by Hickey, so he comes into town saying, "Hey, you know, I know he was." dealing in bad things, but once again you still killed a Texas or a United States Ranger. And you guys have a week and there better only be one gang here and you better not be here too. <laughs> so, yeah. when I come back. So I'm bringing 20 other Rangers with me and we're going to settle things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he ends up selling everything and, and uh, the Italians are wiped out along with, M- with Michael Imperioli finally. finally.
2: I'm sorry, Michael Imperioli. I maybe I just need to watch some of your other movies, but you drove me nuts in this one.
1: Just watch Dead Presidents.
2: all <laughs> right
1: <laughs> So, um, from there, uh, Bruce Willis goes to, like, uh, uh, try and, you know, heal up before, you know, a, a big battle between him and, and Doyle and Hickey. And they end up uh, uh, imprisoning and capturing and beating the piss out of... Uh, the the bartender and slash hotel guy it's played by, what's uh Will Sanderson, I want to say his name?
2: Yeah, William Sanderson of Blade Runner and Newhart fame. Right, and, Larry. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: and he was also in The Bartender in Deadwood. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he always had something smart to say in that show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he gets, you know, um, he's captured and... That's when Hickey's had... An, uh, not Hickey, but that's when John Smith has had enough, and it's probably one of the best scenes in the movie is when he arms up and he goes to the hideout of the Irish, which was um, used to be the Italian hideout, but they took that place over because the Italians were wiped out. He goes in there and he blasts everyone. He annihilates the whole Irish crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so after that, he ends up going back to like this church where that one uh, Doyle's property used to go to all the time to meet up again with uh, Doyle and Hickey. And, of course, Doyle was away at the time because he was looking for this girl because he was infatuated with her and Mm -hmm. he wouldn't let her go. And she escaped after the whole shootout. Like, John Smith gave her money and a car to get the fuck out of there. And Mm -hmm. she did and meet up back with her husband.
2: And child. And child,
1: too, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so the Doyle character is really like, I really want her back. Please tell me. And he ends up getting blasted by the bartender <laughs> cause, yeah. and he blames him for how, what he did to his city, you know, his town, he ruined it with all this gang bullshit. And that's where we get to see the demise of, uh, Christopher Watkins character. He has a pretty cool line in it. He's like, I don't want to die here. Um, uh, I'll die in Chicago, but not here, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty funny line, and, but of course, you know he gets blasted too. It's a
2: fake out because he turns around and then he whips to... back around with a gun. Yeah, and
1: then, and then yeah, John Smith shoots him, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. And the, and like I said before, um, John Smith, Bruce Willis is in every scene of this movie from the beginning to the end, especially in their credits because mm-hmm. when the credits are rolling. You see Bruce Willis's car driving away and going to the next town or going to Mexico or wherever he's trying to go. And through the credits, through the whole credits, you see his car driving away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that was a really cool addition to the movie, trying to keep up to what the whole movie was about anyway, which was his story. Um, uh, what did you think of this film?
2: You know, I thought it was going to be silly and stupid... Because I remember in 1996 when it came out, part of the reason that I didn't see it, I loved Bruce Willis. Who didn't love Bruce Willis in 1996? Right. Um, it got panned. Yeah, it did. Um, and I thought Bruce Willis tried to do something different and it didn't work. And since everybody says it's terrible, I'm not going to see it. So I never did. This oh. is the first time I saw it. And uh, re- read what Ebert. Yeah, said I was going to
1: tell you um, <clears throat> this was a uh, quote from Ebert about this movie. Okay. Last Man Standing is such a desperately cheerless film, so dry and laconic and wrung out that you wonder if the filmmakers ever thought that in any way it could be fun. It contains elements that are often found in environments, like uh, things like guns, gangs, and spectacular displays of death, but here they are crouch on the screen and growl at the audience. Even the movie's hero is bad company. The victory at the end is downbeat, and there's an indifference to it. This is such a sad, lonely movie. Well, yeah, of course it is. Well, first, he's not a hero. This, he's no. not a hero of this movie. And yeah, it's a downbeat movie. It, of course, it is. It's about killing and and murder and beatings and and all sorts of horrible things. So yeah, this isn't gonna be a, a feel good movie of the year. This is. I mean, this is a, a changing. Uh, the United States kind of thing, you know, uh, or where just things are going to be different and, and not as cheery as one might think.
2: It seems like he walked in expecting this to be a fun movie, which was the wrong mindset to right. be in. Like, what did you think of Sam Peckinpah movies? Yeah. Like, Wandering <laughs> a Wild Bunch thinking that was going to be a fun romp through Mexico? Like, no.
1: <laughs> no. I think he just... I think he didn't see... That movie with the same eyes I did. He yeah, was agreed. expecting something different. Like I did, too, when I first saw this mm-hmm. movie. But I, I think this movie deserves another watch for other people who've seen it or who haven't seen it. Agreed. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. I I was... I am surprised each time I see it. And just the things that I pick up when I watch it. Uh, unfortunately, it got bad reviews. And, and kind of heard it at the box office. So, um, I'm going to give this movie an... A-minus.
2: I'm going to give it a B-minus.
1: Mm-hmm. What didn't you, what kind of um, What kind of set you back for a B-minus uh, rating?
2: Michael Imperioli. <laughs> Jeez, Ben. <laughs> um, and you know, I hate an anti-hero. I've right. never liked an anti-hero. But you and, love
1: Bruce Willis. But
2: I love Bruce Willis. And I do feel like this is something, Bruce Willis was trying something different. And this was maybe the first time. He had tried to
1: do something mm, No, not necessarily, because I did read about how Walter Hill approached or directed uh, Bruce Willis in this movie, because I guess you really don't direct Bruce Willis. You tell him what you want, and he gives it to you. Yeah. And well, he I mean, was like, to Walter Hill, he asked him, and he's like, so how do you want me to play this one, like Mitchum or like this person? And he was like, like this person. I'm like, okay, you know, then you don't have to give him really any direction. You just tell him the character, he'll do it in front of you. Tell him where to stand, and then that's it, kind of thing. And I guess they really didn't have, you know, there wasn't they weren't best buds on the film, but they weren't shitty to each other either. It was all professional kind yeah. of
2: thing. Yeah, so. I mean, Bruce Willis is a stage trained actor. Yeah, I feel like yeah. a lot of people underestimate him. And maybe it, not it, now, but yeah,
1: yeah. And it does seem like he's phoning this in, but he's he, this. That's the character. There's like yeah, no I emotional say character.
0: That.
2: Yeah.
1: And it, I made this joke before about this film is that. There's this, there, he has the same facial expression throughout the movie, even when he's fucking Leslie Mann.
2: Yeah.
1: He has the same expression on his face. Mm-hmm. Nothing changes. It doesn't look
2: like he's having any fun. No, but he probably is, here? but
1: yeah. yeah. So, 49 deaths in this, or 49 kills wow. in this movie. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more than I thought. Um, two breasts. Shadow penis. Uh, and, Pretty clear uh,
2: shot of balls.
1: Some balls, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis doesn't hide his package, so nope, yeah. not in this. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I. It is dark and violent and joyless. I agree. And I guess if you didn't know that walking in, maybe you wouldn't like it. And I just didn't know what to expect. And then when I saw later that it was Japanese writers, I was like, oh, okay. Well, well that, makes that, makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Dark and joyless and violent. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have any other comments, but I, I liked it. I think maybe the critics didn't give it a chance, and that no, wasn't fair.
1: No, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. I hope you guys check out some of these movies on here. Definitely check out Suspiria. I would yeah. uh, check out Last Man Standing, too. Uh, give it a chance.
2: The movie.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not the show, okay? So hopefully if you see, you know, you get this post or see it somewhere, it's not about the fucking yeah. Tim Allen show.
2: The Which was the first thing that kept popping up and I was, it was like making me angry. Like, oh, oh, oh,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for joining us and we will see you next week.
2: Thanks for listening.